take your Bibles and go to Psalms chapter 137. Psalms 137. And uh, there are nine verses here that are amazing verses. These nine verses are verses that I have come to appreciate and love uh, over the past uh, 90 days as I'm helping people go through situations. And so this morning, I just want to be pastor. I just want to pastor um, from God's word. By the rivers of Babylon, Psalms 137 to verse 1, there we sat down, yea, we wept. When we remembered Zion... We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song, and they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. Remember, O Lord, the children of Edom in the day of Jerusalem who said, Raise it, raise it, even to the foundation thereof. O daughter of Babylon, who art to be destroyed, happy shall he be that rewardeth thee as thou hast served us. Happy shall he be that taketh and dasheth thy little ones against the stones. Before I pray, I want to make three statements. One, dealing with a tragic and traumatic situation is not a one-size-fits-all. Two, you cannot expect a person to snap out of something that is devastating on your timetable. Number three, recovering from devastation is a slow, methodical process that includes a lot of voices, a lot of people, and a lot of little healings along the way. In the annals of history of the many sermons you will ever hear, this probably will go down as just a comma, an apostrophe, a colon, a semicolon. It will go down as just one of those sermons that you've heard throughout your lifetime. But this morning, I want it to be a healing balm. I want it to be a salve. I want it to be something that you take and you put into your life. I have no agenda this morning other than just to be pastor from this chapter. Heavenly Father, Lord, how many times have I looked at this chapter in the last three months in dealing with just, and helping I should say, members deal with tragedies, traumatic events, situations, questions, cries, anguish. And God, I ask that you'll now help me publicly to display your heart and your mind. And God, would you help all of us, please? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm preaching on this subject, why they hanged their harps on the willow. 
why they hanged their harps on the willow. After Nebuchadnezzar II's successful siege of Jerusalem in 597 BC and subsequent campaigns, the Jews were deported to Babylon. And when they were held captive until sometime after the fall, the rivers of Babylon are the backdrop to Psalms 137. These rivers included three. There was the Euphrates, there were the tributaries there, and then there was the Tigris River. The Psalms 137 is a hymn expressing the yearnings of the Jewish people during the Babylonian exile that these nine verses the psalmist is reflecting on two things one they're yearning for Jerusalem they're yearning for that city that was whole put together and vibrant and by the way this was the good times so if you're looking at this psalms look at it this way this is an expression of these were the good times how come we just couldn't stay in the good times and how that now in captivity these are the bad times these are the good times in their memory these are the bad times they're living in reality and here you have the second thing you're going to find out it is this yearning for the good times I want the good times I want back these times but the second thing was this it was a hatred for the people that they thought caused this bad time when you look at this you may be in your Psalms 137. You may be sitting in this Psalm this morning. And you may be sitting in the reality of captivity looking back at the time in your memory of the Jerusalem of your life. And you may have hung your harp on the willow. The Jews used to be at home in a good place. They had the songs of God. That had Zion. They were at the pinnacle of peace. Now they're in captivity. The Jews used to take their harps and play the songs of God. And when they started to captivity, they were good enough children of God that when they went to pack their bags to go, that they knew that it was going to be a rough journey, but at least they had their harps. At least they had their song in their heart. At least they had the vibrant strings that they could pluck against and somewhere find a tune that would help them. But now in the middle of captivities, the Bible's very poetic because it figuratively and metaphorically tells us that they took these harps and went to the willow. We call them the weeping willow. You see, their branches were drooped, their branches were pulled by gravity to the ground, and the Jews truly thought to themselves, as I'm reading this, they truly thought to themselves, well, we no longer have a song, and you no longer have a song, what better place to hang our harps? Let's hang our harps on the outside to what truly is going on on the inside. It's very interesting that they did not break their harps. They were not yet to the point to where they did not want music in their life. They were just in this in-between time, this temporary state of no song. 
One of the greatest things that I as pastor get to do is sit in the office and speak to people who have hung their harps on the willow. They're not mad. They're not angry. They just have no song. Pastor, how do I get my song back? Pastor, how do I get my Jerusalem back? Pastor, I'm sitting here in reality and this is not what I want and there was a better time in my life and like Job, they're like all that I were as in times past. Here you have the music is gone, the harps do no good. Let me stop and just say this before we get into the passage. It's common for mortal man to get to the point to where they hang their harps upon the willow. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I can tell you that if you're a human being and if you have gone through tragic times, you too have woken up that day and you too have gone to that harp and you have hung it on the willows because you have no more strength to play the music of God. What happened to these Jews that caused them to hang their harps upon the willows? When I look at the text, I want to, let's walk through it methodically if we could. And I'm going to give you probably five things, if I could, four things of why people hang their harps upon the willows. And look at it, and you may be one of these four. Look at Psalms 137. It says this, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yea, we wept when we remembered, what? Zion. The very first thing I want to tell you, that the whole reason for them taking the harps and hanging them on the willows, and look at, young people, listen to this. Your life may be going great right now, but as soon as responsibility and relationships start to mature in your life, you're going to find out that there will be times when the relationships and the responsibilities will absolutely rob your song from you and you will be a zombie walking around with no song. And by the way, do you know what? The captive said, hey, sing us a song. Let me tell you, it's easy for other people to tell you to sing a song when you're looking downcast. And by the way, it's those kind of people you just want to hit. Let's just get honest. You know, don't tell me to be happy when I have a reason to be unhappy. Four things. First thing I want to tell you is this. They were grieving over a loss. Why did they hang their harp on the willow? They were grieving over a loss. Their loss was Jerusalem. They were not weeping because of the cruelties of Babylon. They were weeping because their beloved city was ruined. When they thought about their beloved city and the destruction that came to the beloved city, they truly started weeping. There was no song. When they started thinking about the city that was now destroyed, there was no song. When they thought about the streets that were alive with laughter and alive with, 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 with good times and alive with grandchildren and alive with children and alive with friends and alive with neighbors and these were the best times. And then when they thought, with the, thought about what the Babylonians did, which I'll read in Obadiah here in just a moment, when they thought about what the Babylonians did and now they thought about this this destruction let me tell you something anytime you lose listen to this statement anytime you lose the best time of your life if right now you're thinking to yourself that was my Jerusalem that was the best time of my life how come this had to happen and everybody has a Jerusalem everybody has this was the utopia this was right this was good we had momentum we were on our ways listen to this you will hang your harps on the willows when you lose and I'm here to tell you 
that hanging your harps on the willows because your life today is not what it used to be in your memory is natural. And I reject this thing that tells everybody, well, you ought to be a better Christian than to go through hanging your harps on the willow. You listen to me. Everybody's been there where you hang your harps on the willow. And I think when you understand it according to God's word, and that's why God gave us Psalm 137, the reason there is no song and the reason that there is no, there is nothing. And I know we, I know that sometimes preachers will say, I'm not here to analyze you. I will tell you this, I'm here to put you under God's word. And in God's word, it tells us here that they could not sing because of loss in your mind right now was there a better time in your life than where you're at right now there are some of you that you're like this is the best time of my life this is amazing this is incredible but some of you have entered into captivity and if I were to go to your backyard and I were to spiritually look at your willow trees is your harp hanging on the willow tree and the reason it's hanging there possibly could be because you're grieving over loss I don't have a song I don't see the bright day I only see the midnight of the circumstance it's only dark here there's only clouds here and I don't see how I'm going to survive this oh you listen to me the reason they hang their harps on the willows was because where they were living was so opposite of where they did live and the memory back here and they could not bring their self to the point to be as happy in captivity as they were back in their memory and many people live with their harps on the willow and it is a sad thing it is a hard thing it's hard for the family members who have that family member whose harp is on the willow it's hard for a parent when their child's harp is on the willow it's hard for a husband when the wife's harp is on the willow it's hard for the wife when the husband is entering into an exile in his life and all of a sudden he comes home and walks through the door and you're happy and and and, and you are just loving life and all of a sudden you find out that he got out of the vehicle and he went to the backyard and he just simply hung his harp on the willow all because of this grief of loss the second thing we'll go to verse number three and verse number four for there they that had carried us away captive required of us a song and they that wasted us required of us mirth the second thing I'm going to tell you of why did they hang their harp on the willow it was because of a loss number two it was because of the people they thought caused the loss it's very clear here in the text they you, you know those people and the, the, those people that carried us away those people that wasted us and the harp will always stay on the willow as long as that person's alive in your mind and as long as you have given them the sword and you have given them the power source and if that person has more power than the God above then your harps will stay on the willow Ladies and gentlemen, I'm begging you right now, take away the power from any earthly man or earthly woman that you think has caused the circumstance that you're in. Because there is a guiding hand way above, and there's a guiding hand way beneath. There's a guiding hand on either side, and your God is not shocked by your captivity, and your God is not shocked by this circumstance, and your God is not shocked that this Jerusalem is not a continuation. Your God understands that you 
your life may be in a captivity, but please, I beg you, the way you get your harp off that willow and the way you start playing that music again in your life, and this is the advice I would give you if we were sitting in the office, I just wouldn't be this dramatic. say God you're still on the throne because I want my song back but your song didn't come because of man your song came because of God and I'll tell you right now I don't think anybody has a right to require look at verse 3 for they that carried us away captive what please required us a song and they that wasted us did what required please know this when i'm what i'm telling you that nobody has the right to require a song out of you when you are in captivity and you are just going through it but please how do i get out of this take away any man from this situation that you're in and go back and say, God, I understand you're in complete control. And then I'll tell you, moving on with joy in a bad time in your life is not you forgetting. It's the best way to remember. It's the best way to remember. Last thing I want to tell you is this. Look at verse 7. Remember, O Lord, the children of Edom in the day of Jerusalem. Now, it's making specific reference. In fact, I'm going to give you a head start to find Obadiah. Okay? Now, it'll take you two years to find Obadiah. But go to Obadiah. And if you have to ask somebody next to you, that's okay. And I'm going back to my soapbox. If you've got a thumb tab, you're a cheater. Okay, this must be the thumb tab section because because Brother Dean's got a thumb tab, Miss Plant's got a thumb tab, and Frank's got a thumb tab. You got a thumb tab, Miss Susanna? Okay, all you thumb tab people sit on this side for from now on. All us intelligent people will come to this side because did you find? Oh, you have a thumb tab too. Pray for me. I live in a divided home. My wife has a thumb tab Bible. Austin, you got a, all you thumb tab people, raise the book. How many got a thumb tab, right? Okay, y'all have something in common. I just, I want to see what it is. Okay, never mind. Uh, So, but he said this, hold your place in Obadiah, then go back to Psalms 137. Because I want you to notice this, your harp will stay on the willow, not because of the loss, but your harp will stay on the willow because you blame somebody else and your harp will stay on the willow because of a fear that I'm going to forget Jerusalem. And then your harp will stay on the willow when there is vengeance in your heart. Look what it says here. Remember, O Lord, the children of Edom in the day of Jerusalem who said, Raise it, raise it, even to the foundation thereof. O daughter of Babylon, who are to be destroyed, happy shall he be that rewardeth thee as thou hast served us. Happy shall he be that taketh, and look at the wording here, and dasheth thy little ones against the stones. The verbiage in verse number 8 and verse number 9 is, you're going to be destroyed. There's going to be a happiness about you being destroyed. And this happiness will even include among this destruction when your little children are dashed. Y'all, y'all, 
Josh, is it okay if I use Natalie? Would that be okay? Natalie, come to Grand Bob. Come here. Come here, sweetheart. She got her haircut, so we're going to show off her haircut. Come here, babe. Come here. Yeah. Come to Grand Bob. Now, it's one thing for you to be mad at somebody. But it's another thing when you include and hoping the children are hurt. Let me tell you, there can be in the heart of a Christian that your harp is on the willow, understandable. You've lost. But that harp will stay on that willow if you are blaming somebody on this earth for putting you in that situation or the situation you're in. And that harp will stay on the willow if you have stopped at the point of loss and you've not taken the good times of Jerusalem. And then the harp will stay in the willow if there's vengeance in your heart that you hope the future generations pay. You know, thank you, babe. Thank you. You know, the thing that that added to this insatiable desire for vengeance and infantide was a family element. But this is very interesting. Not only have the Babylonians, I hope you all are okay, because I'm really enjoying myself right now. And uh, you not only have the Babylonians, but you also had another group of people, and who was that? The Edomites. Are you in Obadiah? Are you still there? And if you've lost your place, we don't have time for you to find it again. And uh, how many had to use their phone to find Obadiah? You're on your phone or your iPad right now. Okay, all right. Now that's truly cheating right there. Look what it says. And here is what happened with the Edomites. Here's what they did. For thy violence against thy brother Jacob, shame shall cover thee, and thou shalt be cut off forever. Obadiah 110. Did I tell you where to go? Are you serious? Come on, people, we should be together. And uh, Obadiah 110. For thy violence against thy brother, Jacob's shame shall cover thee, and thou shalt be cut off forever. In the day that thou stoodest on the other side, in the day that the strangers carried away captive his forces, and foreigners entered into his gates and cast lots upon Jerusalem, even thou wast as one of them. But thou shouldest not have looked on the day of thy brother, in the day that he became a stranger. Neither shouldest thou have rejoiced over the children of Judah in the day of their destruction. Neither shouldest thou have spoken proudly in the day of distress. Thou shouldest not entered into the gate of my people in the day of their calamity. Yea, thou shouldest not have looked on their affliction in the day of their calamity, nor have laid hands on their substance in the day of their calamity. Neither should thou have stood in the crossway to cut off those of his that did escape, neither shouldest thou have delivered up those of his that did remain in the day of distress. Y'all, do you have any idea what this is saying? It is like a family member, and that's what the Edomites were. The Edomites were there, and in the day of this destruction, when it says raise it up, raise it up, even to the foundation of Jerusalem, there was a cheering by family members going on that you 
yes, destroy it all. Take it down to the foundations. Please know this, that there can arise in your heart and that you can step through a door in your life that you don't want to be through to where you go, I want Jerusalem, I want Jerusalem, I'm grieving. Listen to this, I'm going to hang my harp on the willow. But the grieving can turn into vengeance. You can cross over. I can cross over into an area to where now I never recover from loss. Listen to this. Your God gave you your song. Get your harp and start playing the music of God. And although your reality of situation may not change, your God can give you back your song. And I'm going to ask today, and I'm talking to myself as I am to you, if there is a time in your life that you wish you could have back, and that time right now is causing you to put somebody's name with the reason we're here, and then if that is causing you to all of a sudden be this way, because I, I, I don't want to forget, I call it spiritual spite. I'm just going to live this way so that everybody knows, look what happened to me. The greatest test of Christianity is to where nobody knows your calamity because your song is so vibrant for God that when they talk to you or they listen to you or they see you that you've got this joy of God all about you to where they don't even realize what you've been through. Are we not all amazed when we talk to somebody and they look so vibrant, they look so alive, then we find out their journey? How many of us are amazed Yes, that's where I want to be. Because the last thing I want to do is wish ill on anybody. Have you hung your harps on the willow? Have you lost your ability to sing because you're grieving? Have you made your loss a personality issue? In an effort for people to know where you're at, are you stuck with the harp on the willow and the captivity being your identity? And has it gone into vengeance in your heart? I hope not. I hope not. Y'all, it's okay to put your harp on the willow. It's okay to say, why, why can't it be like it used to be back there in Jerusalem? It's okay. But I think you're going to have to cut man out of the equation and go talk to God about the harp on the willow and say, God, I want my song back. If I were to give this a secondary title, it would simply be, God, I want my song back. A blind man a newcomer to your life not being able to see your journey not have walked with you on your journey should look at you right now and think you're living in Jerusalem I'm going to say that again a newcomer to your life I mean if they walked into your life right now would they even pick up the fact that you're living in captivity or would they hear the song 
And then the more they got to know you, they would find out these little things about you that you they would go. How? Whoa, whoa, time out. How can you be so happy? No, 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 no. This would have destroyed many a person. I'll give you three things and I'm done. Number one, it's okay to grieve. It's okay to grieve. Number two, it's okay to have lost your song. It's okay. Everybody does. Number three, it's okay to go to God and ask him for help. God, I just need help. The third opening statement I made is that God uses a lot of voices and a lot of people along this path to bring you out of grieving. We all know that. And for any pastor to think that he is the God of grieving and he has it all to bring. No, no, no. God uses people. God uses circumstances. God uses songs. God uses situations. All of it is designed for this, is to give you back your song to where you can walk over, pull your harp off the willow, and still play your music by the rivers of Babylon. Your lakefront property may never change. But boy, the song coming out of your life should make everybody think, that man's living in Jerusalem. Heads bowed, eyes closed.